You're listening to Coast to Coast Latino. This is Academy Award winner Jorge Drexler from Uruguay. He's also an actor and he's also a physician uh, specializing in uh, head and neck injuries. And uh, he won the Academy Award in 2004 for his music on the movie Motorcycle Diaries. We're listening to the song Causa y Efecto. And you can find uh, all of his music on iTunes, and uh, you might find some videos on uh, on YouTube as well. Jorge Drexler. Uh, if you get a chance, check him out. I want to thank you for joining us this Friday on the Friday version of the Coast to Coast Latino podcast. My name is Adrian Perez. And I appreciate you taking time from your busy Friday to uh, listen to us. Our bi-weekly production is brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the arts and enhancing the community. And by the way, they're going to be giving away 300 boxes filled with primarily Mexican products for uh, Latino families affected in northern uh, Sacramento uh, by the uh, COVID-19. Uh, we're also brought to you by U-Haul. For your moving and storage needs, contact U-Haul. And by OIC Tax Services. OIC specializes in addressing issues with the IRS. So if you run into problems with the IRS, contact OIC at OIC.com. Oh, and by the way, the uh, Vida de Oro Foundation is giving away those boxes of uh, food uh, Saturday, September the 19th. That's tomorrow, September the 19th in North Sacramento. Uh, if you want to learn more about what their uh, Vida de Oro Foundation is doing, visit them at uh, Vida de Oro on Facebook. That's the most active page, but they also have their website, VidaDeOro.org. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, Coast to Coast Latino, we invite you to visit us at our website at coasttocoastlatino.com. That's coast to coast, the number two, latino.com. We also have a Facebook group called Coast to Coast Latino. We invite you to join us there where we uh, post every day a variety of articles and information of things that are happening for the Latino community to the Latino community across the United States. Uh, it's a great resource for information and uh, quite frankly it's an excellent opportunity for you to learn more about what Latinos are just doing, period. We're a very active community. We're celebrating uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, it started uh, on the 15th of September and it continues all the way through October the 15th. Many organizations have uh, been conducting their celebrations online due to COVID-19 and the virtual celebrations have been very interesting. 
uh, everything from uh, from uh, uh, film festivals to dances to performances. Uh, I mean, just all kinds of activities. If you want to learn more about uh, what is happening nationwide for Latinos, join us at Coast to Coast Latino on Facebook. That's the group, Coast to Coast Latino. We also have a uh, Facebook page uh, where we post all of our podcasts. And our website also, of course, has all of our podcasts. So if you want to check us out from our first episode all the way to this current episode, we uh, we definitely invite you. If you believe it's the president's responsibility to protect America, why would you downplay a pandemic that is known to disproportionately harm low-income families and minority communities? Yeah. Well, I didn't downplay it. I actually, in many ways, I upplayed it in terms of action. This was uh, President Trump's uh, town hall meeting with George Stephanopoulos. Uh, it was uh, produced uh, three days ago on uh, ABC. And he was talking to uncommitted voters. The uncommitted voters were allowed to ask him direct questions about different things that were happening in the U.S. And that was one of the questions. And as you can hear his response, he says that uh, he's been up playing COVID-19, but his actions were directly the opposite. And so, uh, you know, when he was interviewed on February the 7th regarding uh, the uh, coronavirus, uh, this is what he told uh, Bob Woodward, who wrote the book, Rage. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the interviews are very difficult to listen to because you can't believe this is the president of the United States. And and uh, let me share this clip with you. I wanted to always play it down. I still like playing it down. Yes, sir. Because I don't want to create a panic. He didn't want to create a panic. But yet, when you listen to his speeches, when you listen to his press conferences, uh, they, be they become political speeches, by the way, and campaign speeches. And he talks about how if Joe Biden is elected, the uh, essentially the whole country is going to fall apart and we're going to become a socialist communist country and uh, we're going to have Antifa as neighbors and we're going to have all these bombings and cities falling apart and people killing each other. That's panic. That's what you're creating. You're creating panic, Mr. President. And yet here he is telling us that he didn't want to share any information about COVID-19 back in February of, of uh, this year because he was afraid to create a panic. And in the meantime, he's created almost 200,000 deaths, unnecessary deaths over the last five months. Actually, the town hall itself was a total disaster for the president. Uh, I'm not sure if, if he's gonna be able to recover from that. Uh, some of the uh, polls that were taken right after the town hall uh, had a lot of people who were on the borderline, whether they were going to support him or not, pretty much saying, no, we're not going to uh, vote for Trump. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that he keeps coming back and saying that this thing is going to go away. And so in the middle of this presentation on, at this town hall, Guess what he says? Let me share it with you. 
It's going to disappear. I but still not if say we don't take action, correct? No, I still say it. It's going to disappear, George. We're going to get back. So we go away without the vaccine? Sure, over a period of time. Sure, with time, it goes and many away. deaths. And you'll develop, you'll develop herd, like a herd mentality. We're rounding the corner, and I believe that's true. As you know, Dr. Fauci disagrees with that. Well, I mean, but a lot of people do dis do agree with me. And there he goes again with many people. Who are these people? Are they medical experts? He has Dr. Fauci, who is in fact a medical expert, and yet, you know, he keeps saying, well, I'm listening to these other people. Who are they? Are they medical experts? You know, he never seems to be able to name the people that give him advice that's contrary to what scientists are telling him. And, uh, you know, this, this week was a tough week for Trump. Uh, and without a doubt, this is one of the, the most disastrous performances. It was bad enough. He uh, came to California to talk to the firefighters uh, about the fires in the West. And the, and the experts are telling him that it's a combination of climate change and forest management. And he keeps insisting, no, it's all forest management, not climate change. Well, you know, if if you look at the records, because he, oh, he also claimed that it was going to get cooler. He's telling these scientists that it's going to get cooler without any scientific evidence, without anything. I mean, it's like I'm president of the United States and I command for it to get cooler. Uh, it doesn't work that way, folks. How it does work is that you got to listen to the science, and scientists have been tracking the temperatures on the face of this earth. And yes, they are getting warmer. And the warmer and drier it gets, the more likely we're going to see forest fires. Although I agree with him, we do need good forest management. Understand that the majority of the forests that have burnt are under federal rules. And it's up to the federal government to implement forest management strategies. Uh, and it would have been nice if California would have taken the lead on that, uh, but they haven't. And uh, anyway, so the numbers right now are not in Trump's favor. Even Arizona, which has been traditionally Republican, uh, has uh, uh, the majority of voters now supporting Joe Biden and uh, based on uh, just based on all the polls that came out this week my estimation is that uh, Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States because in terms of the electoral college uh, I just don't see uh, Donald Trump having the majority of those votes and uh, he is especially going to lose in a lot of the swing states like Wisconsin, Arizona, uh, and perhaps even Pennsylvania. He's going to run into major problems, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a, a landslide for Joe Biden, but uh, but I think Joe Biden is is going to win. And speaking about Joe Biden, Joe Biden also uh, experienced that town hall yesterday and uh let me play uh, a clip from that for you states said that no longer would we in fact provide masks for schools 
for schools, paying them to have the mask in school because it was not a national emergency. What is he talking about? It's totally irrational. And look, this is all about one thing, the stock market. He doesn't want to see anything happen. It's all about his reelection. It should be about the American people, and they're in trouble. And if we don't do it, and by the way, his own CDC director contradicted him recently. He said, if in fact you just wore this mask, nothing else but this mask, you would save between now and January another 100,000 lives. And so we have to be honest with the American people. They're tough. They know, as Franklin Roosevelt said, things get worse and worse before they get better and better, but you got to level with the American people, shoot from the shoulder. There's never been a time they've not been able to step up. This president should step down. Wow. This president should step down. You know, from listening, by the way, uh, listening to Joe Biden last night at the town hall, I don't think the guy's got uh, any mental capacity issues right now. In fact, uh, he looked pretty doggone firm. Uh, He was answering from the hip. Uh, These were not uh, uh, pre-organized or or uh, pre-written questions that were given to him. And, of course, uh, during the same time, uh, Donald Trump is doing a a speech in Pennsylvania, trying to get Pennsylvania back on uh, on his side. And uh, he was criticizing the entire town hall, saying that, uh, you know, Biden was being given uh, softball questions. Well, they weren't. They were exactly pretty much the same questions that Donald Trump received on Tuesday night. But his performance on Tuesday night uh, was just horrible, just terrible. Donald Trump's presentation uh, was filled with non-truths. It was filled with his typical uh, fantasy-like responses. And, uh, you know, we have to really ask ourselves who is mentally better capable of being president of the United States. Joe Biden has some issues. He's got a lot of luggage. Okay, he's been in politics for 41 years. He's been involved in some very controversial pieces of legislation. And uh, for Latinos, I think it's important to point out that uh, him and Barack Obama they deported three million Latinos, and they also were the ones who started the uh, caging thing for for children. Uh, they destroyed tens of thousands of families where the where two parents were deported, and the parent and the kids were left to the uh, child protective services. So it was pretty ugly. So we're, I'm not saying that Joe Biden is is an absolute ideal candidate. But what he brings is he brings a sense of reason, a sense of of being able to look at an issue and address it properly. And I don't believe that Donald Trump is that capable of doing that. The only thing we've seen out of Donald Trump that's positive for Latinos is his uh, Hispanic Economic Initiative. But we haven't seen anything else. I mean, COVID-19 has been destroying the Latino community. And all you need to do is look at the front pages of every single newspaper where Latinos live. And you'll see that there's a disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on the Latino community. At one point, the prediction was 
that 75% of Latinos who entered the hospital died at the hospital of COVID-19. And that's not good, obviously. That's terrible. And we need a president who's going to take COVID-19 very seriously because now we're talking about our kids. And our kids who don't have face masks, whose parents cannot afford face masks, are relying on the schools to provide those face masks. But if the school doesn't have the funding for that, because they've been spending a lot of money on laptops and on and on uh, internet to be able to provide the uh, the uh, distance learning, it's critical for the federal government to step up and provide those face masks to protect our kids. Our kids are in fact the nation's entire future. The Latino kids in this nation are in fact going to be the ones responsible for the economic uh, 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 progress and for the the overall uh, ability of this nation to maintain its status in the world. And we as Latino parents need to make sure that our kids are well educated and more importantly that they're protected by this government. After all, that is what the U.S. Constitution guarantees for all. Okay, on with the news uh, uh, across the nation, coast-to-coast -coast Latino. Uh, again, if, for those of you who are interested in seeing our uh, daily updates, uh, visit us at Coast to Coast Latino Facebook. And uh, we have a group, and we post uh, all the different news items and information that are available for that day on the Coast to Coast Latino. And this comes from uh, Yahoo News. And the article is called Why Trump is Winning Over Hispanics. Now, the whole article is really about Hispanics in Florida. It's not about Hispanics in Texas. It's not about Hispanics in Arizona. And definitely not about Hispanics in California. It is about, in fact, Hispanics in Florida. And what they did is they, they sat down with uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott. And they asked him, okay, how, how is it that, that uh, Trump is doing so well with Hispanics? And Scott uses his example of how he reached out uh, primarily to those Hispanics who moved to the United States from socialist communist countries, uh, Cuba, uh, Venezuela, and uh, and several others. And so he talks about how he criticized Castro, the Castro regime. He criticized the Maduro regime. And that helped him gain the Latino vote. Well, Trump is pretty much doing the same thing. He's showing up and he's telling them, the same thing. But can he reach Puerto Ricanos? Because there's a lot of Puerto Ricanos that live in uh, Florida as well. Trump's disastrous response to Hurricane Maria that, that devastated the entire island of Puerto Rico, uh, I think still resonates with a lot of Puerto Ricans. 
And as a result, many Puerto Ricans are not supporting Donald Trump. Um, but Florida is an interesting state. And uh, although Cubans make up a, a small percent of the entire Latino population in the United States, they still have a very strong voice and they have strong, strong economic ties. And I've always said, yeah, if, if you're going to be politically strong, you've got to have the economy behind you. And there's no question that Cubans in Florida have a lot of power, economic power behind them. Speaking about economic power, Harvard and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation conducted a uh, poll and uh, to assess uh, how households minority households were being impacted by COVID-19 and the uh, the results were extremely stunning uh, let me share with you some numbers here the portion of Latino households reporting serious difficulties was the highest among Latinos at 72 percent in other words 72 percent of the households that were polled are saying that they are in dire straits as a result of COVID-19. Uh, the uh, black households were at 60% and Native American households at 55%, Asian households at 37%, while white households were only at 36%. And, uh, you know, without a doubt, this poll also showed that Latino, Black, and Native American households are using up uh, almost all, if not all, of their savings during this pandemic, which is not good. Because when you don't have economic ability, you face a variety of, of issues, everything from health because of stress to not having a home because you can't pay the rent uh, to worrying about whether or not you're gonna be able to put food on, on the table. And if your children aren't able to eat, guess what? They're not going to do very good in school either because they're hungry. Unless, of, school, of course, the school is pro providing free meals. So the impacts, again, the economic impacts, again, on the Latino community of COVID-19 is not good, according to this poll. And uh, the, uh, the CEO of the uh, Robert Wood uh, Johnson Foundation even came back and said, uh, this poll is the latest evidence that the ability to protect yourself or your family during the pandemic is to a significant and unconscionable degree determined by the color of your skin and how much money you have. And that's a quote. Uh, in addition to that, they're also the most unemployed. So where we find Latinos are are employed in essential jobs at the same time we find that a lot of Latinos have become unemployed and it's also the small businesses that are uh, Latino owned that are being impacted by COVID-19. This is a significant issue. Uh, our goal through Coast to Coast Latino is, is threefold, is to ensure that all Latinos get a good education, that we push the issue of education. Uh, secondly, that 
we have strong economic ability. And thirdly, that we have political, some type of strong political empowerment happening at a local, uh, state, and federal level. And that's why we provide all this information. That's why this podcast was created for you to respond to those areas because they're essential for our community. For 28 weeks in a row, we have had almost a million unemployment uh, uh, claims filed across the United States. There are 11.5 million jobs that are yet to be recovered since February when the pandemic uh, started to hit. And uh, let me tell you folks, everywhere we turn, we're seeing small businesses shut the doors forever, meaning they're not coming back. So during this uh, fall, as we get closer to the holidays, my recommendation for you is if you're able to support small businesses, support Latino businesses, whether they're restaurants, clothing stores, uh, knickknack stores, go out, purchase from them, support them. We need to make our economy strong. We as a Latino community, there's 61 million of us. We're 19% of the nation's population. We can make a huge economic difference in our country. Another key article that we posted on Coast to Coast Latino on Facebook, the Facebook group, is a uh, an article from uh, Velocitize. It's called The Rise of the English Language First, Hispanic, and Why Brands Need to Take a Note. Well, uh, it is an extensive research package that was put together, uh, and it lays out how critical it is to understand the Hispanic community, the Latino community, uh, as a customer in the United States. And they segmentize the Hispanic market. Uh, and what they did is they, they broke it down based on whether they were immigrant, first generation, or second generation and beyond. And uh, let me tell you, the data is just unbelievable. The layout is extremely easy to follow. Um, and they look at the 1.0 uh, generation who is the immigrant. These are individuals who came to the U.S. at the age of 10 or older. And they typically prefer uh, Spanish language because that is their primary language. And they're a lot closer to the Hispanic ethos of uh, collectivism uh, than the American culture. In other words, they're not assimilated into the uh, U.S. culture, or at least not yet. The 1.5 generation is represented by immigrants that came to the U.S. at the age of 10 years and younger. Uh, their primary socialization has taken place here in the United States. And uh, many of us have referred to them, of course, as the uh, dreamers. Uh, they are bilingual. 
they are bicultural. And quite frankly, they prefer their consumer content, their consumer messages in English. They are, in, uh, and then there's, of course, the uh, the 2.0 generation. Those are U.S. born. They're the son or daughter of an immigrant. Uh, their primary socialization has, in fact, taken place here in the U.S. They may be bilingual, bicultural, but they prefer English. They prefer American. And uh, they make up the majority, 55% of the Hispanic market together with a 1.5. So the 1.5s and the 2.0 generations make up uh, the majority of the Hispanic market at 55%. Then there's the 3.0 generation. They're the ones with at least one parent that was an immigrant, okay? Not both parents, but just one parent. And uh, they they've been around here. They, 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 they grew up here. Uh, they are, in fact, very much American. Uh, they prefer English and only English and have never really needed to assimilate to American culture because they were already American. And this is very crucial data for those of you that, that are doing sales, for those of you that are doing uh, small business marketing. Uh, because you have to understand who you cons your consumer is. So this article can be found on Coast to Coast Latino, our Facebook group. Uh, please join us if, if you have the availability. We're also running an article in there on who is Hispanic. It's a fact tank uh, news from the Pew Research Center. And it uh, talks about who is Hispanic. And it talks about the uh, debates on uh, the term Hispanic Latino, Mexican-American, etc. And uh, let me tell you folks, we are putting as much information out there for your benefit as possible. So if you get a chance, join us at Coast to Coast Latino on Facebook. And of course, we also have our website that you can join us at, at coasttocoastlatino.com. Coast, the number two, coast, latino.com that's our cue for uh, this uh, Friday I want to thank you for joining us I hope this information was of value to you uh, we would love to hear your feedback so if you get a chance send us an email at latino at coast to coast latino.com that's latino at coast to coast latino.com we also appreciate it when you share this podcast with your friends, with your family. Uh, and uh, again, we come to you twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Look us up and uh, we sincerely appreciate you taking time to take a listen to this podcast. Until next time, we'll uh, make sure that you take care of yourself, okay? Wear a mask. Thank you.